You gotta have a podcast. 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 Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to You Gotta Have a Podcast. I'm Angela Palladino. It's been a bit of a crazy week, but you know, at least spring is sprang in here up in New York City. It has been warm, and then it got cold again, but it's supposed to snow later this week, but I think it's going to actually start being spring soon, and I'm very excited about that because, you know, we're in a pandemic, and oh, I just need to get outside. I really do. I just need some fresh air, and I don't like being cold. I could wrap up, and, you know, I could bundle up and, and go outside, but I'd rather it just be warm. So I'm kind of banking on the weather to get above 60 degrees for me to get my life back and I can stop being such a hermit. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining me on another episode. I, I do think that this might be our most energetic conversation yet. Today, I am chatting with stand-up comedian, writer, and a good friend of mine, Marcella Anyango. Marcella's work has been featured in the New York Times and Slackjaw, and she's been seen at the Black Women in Comedy Festival and the Laughing Devil Cup Festival. And she also hosts and produces Profiled, a live comedy show about racial profiling, which in the before time was on stages regularly across New York City, and I've seen it like four or five times. And I've also had her on shows that I've hosted more times than I think I can count because I really just love her humor and her stand-up and her perspective is so interesting. And she can talk, let me tell you. We thought last episode's conversation was energetic this one is even more so, and it was just a great time to chat with her and also listen back to this conversation as I edited it. So here is my conversation with Marcella Anyango. You know, I, I spent too much. You know, when I first started acting and I did every, I wanted to be an actor, don't anymore. But I did yeah. everything. I did the headshot. Like, girl, I took, cl- I was like all out in the first two years. And after the first years, I was like, ugh. <laughs> After I spent like five hundred dollars on headshots, I was like, "Ooh, I don't know." Were you like trying to be like a dramatic actor, or were you like 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 focused on comedy acting? Well, this is before I discovered that I wanted to do comedy. So I was just like yeah. taking acting classes, and like you know, just like those classes that they charge you like two hundred dollars. Well, get you. T- get see if we could get you casted like on a commercial or something mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and so yeah I wasn't like didn't ever wanted to be a dramatic actor I just thought that I wanted to act and really a lot of it is because I wanted to tell stories and I realized that if you want to tell stories maybe being an actor is like not the good best yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I yeah. didn't know yeah I mean listen me neither I thought I, I was supposed to be a marketing like professional for, for a while <laughs> Turns out I hated that and wanted to kill myself every single day that I went to work. And then I got into comedy and um, video production, which is what I do now. But it's so funny how, like, you think that one thing is, like, such your path and then you, like, totally end up, like, swerving. Did you, like, have, like, a reckoning moment? Like, I know for me, 
when I like decided I wanted to do comedy, I literally, I was 24 years old or mm-hmm. 23. I think I literally called my mommy and mm-hmm. asked for permission. I Aww. was like, are you going to be mad at me if I do this? Like, I'm going to like quit my job. You're <laughs> like, no. so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. I, let me tell you something, Angela. I got a degree in economics and international relations. I wanted to change the world. Damn. Yeah, it's insane. Insane. And then I went to D.C. I got a master of public administration because I was like, I'm going to like write like I'm going to work for a think tank and I'm going to do research that shows that people are poor and we should help them and we should put all these resources in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm telling being in D.C. for a whole two minutes. I was like, nobody here is Nobody here is here to help people. They're here to like make money and serve their careers. And that's like sort of when I was like, oh, wait, everything is fucked and no one is here to help. And I don't want to be the only person doing this. And then (laughs) and then also it was just like I couldn't get a job at a think tank because I think you had to like know people and also go to an Ivy League school. Did neither Mm -hmm. of those things. I'm not social and I didn't go to an Ivy League school. And so I just sort of like ended up working in like um, the digital world, like doing product work, which is just like working with engineers to build stuff. And then mm-hmm. one day, this is when the reckoning came. I was going to work every day, made a decently decent living. And then I just like was so sad, Angela. Yeah. I was so sad. And then I remember just like falling apart in my closet and crying. And my husband was like, what's wrong? And I was like, if this is life, I don't want to live it. <laughs> Damn, that's <this> is sad. <laughs> I know. Also, I have a mental illness. So maybe that was part of it. Who knows? <laughs> Anyway, I was like, this is life. I don't want to live it. So I was like, fuck this. I'm going to do something else. So I I started. Listen, I kind of did the same thing, though. I like would cry on my way to work every day. Like I would get ready for work, put on my makeup, get in the car. I would drive to work every day and just cry the whole way there. (laughs) And then when I would I would like park my car and be like, okay, and like pull myself together and then go out and like work and then like get in the car after work and cry all the way home. What am I doing? Oh my God, that's so sad. Can you imagine like if you like stopped on a red light and somebody was just seeing you just like bawling? I don't have to imagine because that happened Oh, a lot. <laughs> like the other person's just like, what is going on with that lady? Because when you see people cry, it is sad. Yeah. Yeah. But then I, you know, had my my self-reckoning. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, I know what you mean. So when you had your self-reckoning, how would you describe it? Like, do you remember where it happened? Do you remember? Obviously, you were crying in your car every day. But like, when did it like, <laughs> when were you just like, fuck this? I'm going to just do it. Yeah, I actually know really specifically. And this is really kind of like silly, too. Um, but then I also want to know. Well, I guess you kind of just told me that, too. But I also want to know how you like transitioned out of your job. But first, yeah, let me just quickly. tell. You. So um, so I had. Uh, I was working in this marketing job. I was living in Massachusetts. I um, had this job that the office was in Ashland, Massachusetts. And at the time, I had been really hating everything about like my life. And I had been writing a lot. And I started writing a screenplay for kind of just shits and giggles. But I had no thought of anything I'd do with it. I just started writing a story, basically. And um, then at that same time, David O. Russell, who's like this director that made like silver linings playbook and american hustle and a bunch of movies like that he was filming american hustle literally right outside of where my office was mm-hmm. and during my lunch break i like went downstairs and it was like the middle of march i'll never forget because it was really snowy and i went downstairs and like watched them film this outdoor scene from across the street and just like watched this camera crew work and it was like 
Amy Adams and like Jennifer Lawrence and like um like Christian Bale and a bunch of actors, Bradley Cooper. And I was just like, this is so cool. And I was like watching them work. And then I just was like across the street being a creep, like working. <laughs> creeping around, I, just like, mm, who's yeah. there? Yeah. And then I was like, well, maybe I could figure out how to do something in the entertainment industry, like in movies and TV or like, because I really liked comedy and I really liked TV and like Saturday Night Live and all that shit and movies. So I was mm-hmm. like, maybe I can like, work in film or TV or be like something in comedy. And then that was it. That was the reckoning. I quit my job. I think two weeks later. Wow. <laughs> that's a story. You, you yeah. got, I mean, celebrities and like looking at people, actually not even just that they're celebrities. You saw people doing their work and you were just yeah. like, yeah, this is what I want. And like, that's like, that's impressive. Like I, yeah, I wish my I reckoning mean, was that cool. <laughs> I, yeah, it was like very specific, but then also like I say, I quit my job. I like quit my full-time marketing job and then immediately got a job as like a waitress like Mm -hmm. I still had to have a job but I was like I want a job that is like more flexible so I can do this other thing (laughs) yeah I totally get that yeah but um so like how did you when you had your like moment and you're like you know screaming at your husband like I can't do this anymore then like where do you go from there like what how did you like get from you know working in product to taking acting classes so i just immediately when he was like well what do you want to do and i was like well i think i want to tell stories it's like i'm i was like you know Mm -hmm. me i love to talk i am a talker i will talk everybody's ear out if you let me Mm -hmm. um so i was like i want to tell stories and i think that maybe i want to write but i also like i think i could i want to act because then i could like be in stories about people like me and that's mm-hmm. before I realized that stories about people like me were like really not writing this up. But, you know, and forget that. It's not like I hadn't watched TV all my life and I should have known this already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I was like, OK, so I'm going to sign up for an acting class. And so I was in D.C. So I took sign up for a class at this Shakespeare theater company. Um, mm-hmm. And I just like took like acting 101 and like I really liked it. And so then I took an acting for camera class. And then after that class, I got a VW commercial. It wasn't a Whoa. big deal. Oh, girl, it wasn't a big deal. They just had a casting call. My acting teacher, like, knew the casting director. And, like, mm-hmm. I was, like, one of the featured acts. Um, FYI, didn't show up in the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Woke up at 5 a.m. in the morning to get to set. Was there till, like, 1 p.m. Was Didn't make it to the final cut. It was fine. They did my makeup. I had a cute little <laughs> dress on. And uh, they paid me. So it was fine. And that yeah. was the last acting paying job that I had. <laughs> First and last. <laughs> First and last. I mean, not on a choice. I tried to audition for stuff and it was just like really hard. Not that I didn't mind doing it. Um, And then I did some plays. And then, you know, I just like like to talk a lot of shit. And like, I like mm-hmm. talking about politics. And I noticed that people would laugh at stuff that I said. And one of my coworkers was like, hey, I think you'd like be really funny. Like, it's like, I would love to see you on TV. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. You said that because of stuff that I was saying. And then I was like, mm-hmm. maybe I'll try comedy, which if you've met me, I come off as a very serious person. I don't yeah. know. I do. And not so- like not like threateningly serious, <laughs> but like you, you don't like walk in like Hong Kong. Hello. I'm here <laughs> to do this show. <laughs> exactly. 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 And so like um, when I told my husband I was going to do stand up, he was like, what you? He's like, yeah, you're silly at home, not outside. Nobody sees you being crazy. But I was like, yeah. I want to try it. Uh, so I, I tried stand up and like, here we are now. But I, I do still have like a full time job, which I quit. Like, I don't know if I told you this. I quit my job like last year. 
not last mm-hmm. year, the beginning of the year. Um, Great timing. Yeah. But here, I am. <laughs> <laughs> here I am back to working. Um, so I do stand up. I'm trying to, I'm writing more, working on pilots and shit, but also keeping mm-hmm. this day job. So I respect you because I kind of wanted to do what you wanted to do. I'm just like, I'm sort of like. Well, I did go back and forth and have like many day jobs after that. Yeah, that was just like I just had to get out of where I was at that time. Like then like I quit that job and immediately went to, you know, waitressing and bartending Mm -hmm. because I had done that like when I was in in college and stuff. I went back to doing that. But then like then when I actually got into product because I actually then got into production before I really got into comedy. Mm. Um, But I had to like go from like being a PA and work my way up to producing and directing, which I do now. Wow. Um, while also starting to like, I did improv for a while. And then eventually I figured out that I was much better at stand up and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, it was, it's been like a lot. I mean, that, no, I mean, I like think it's, you're doing years. it all. I think it's super great. Like, damn. I mean, and, and I feel like you're doing shit. Like, it's amazing. It's just like so amazing when I hear people who are just like, you know what? I just got into it. And like, I was, it did the PA thing. And like, I worked my way up because I like, oh, uh, it's, I think it's part of me. Uh, I don't know. Part of me is like, always like you asked your mother for permission. And like, I wish that if I, I would, my mother would give me permission, then I feel like I would just be like, I'm going to do it. Part of me mm-hmm. is that, like, I'm always, like, my mom died, like, in 2010. And so I'm always oh, just, like, so terrified. Oh, it thanks. Um, I'm always so terrified that I'm, like, disappointing her, you know? Yeah. Well, I totally understand that. I was, too. Well, so, actually, I don't know if I told you what my mom said when yeah. I asked her that. No, you didn't she goes, she goes, oh, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. You probably should have been doing that the whole time. And I was like, what? Stop. <laughs> so the whole time you were struggling doing something <laughs> shitty because that's what you thought your mom wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Parents, they will fuck you up. Classic. <laughs> um, were there anyone basically telling you to like, you know, literally don't quit your day job or like anyone just being really discouraging or were you met with like super like encouragement from the get go? Um, so definitely the don't quit your day job got that from everybody, Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially like, um, like my family. I'm not my, it it, it was just like assumed that what I was doing was like, this is for fun. Like, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, you're not gonna like, you're not serious. Um, and so I think that it was definitely assumed that I was going to keep my job and I kept my job too. Cause I, as I said, I, I'm like one of those, I don't know. It's like, I just have this block in my head. It's like, if I don't have like this job, then like, what am I going to have? And I think it's partially just because when I was a kid, my mom was always like, you got to be able to take care of yourself. You have to be independent. And then, it's yeah. like, and you also have to maintain this lifestyle, which honestly is stupid. Why, why do I have to? But anyway, regardless of that, yeah, my art was always viewed as like something that was like for fun until recently where it's like, people are like, oh, wow, you're really good. You should do this. And I'm like, well, you guys are assholes, obviously. You didn't <laughs> believe in me from the beginning. Um, so fuck everybody. Yeah. I mean, I will say, though, that, like, your perspective is so interesting, too. Like, you're, I love your sets that I've seen. Like, we've had I've had you on shows that I host so many times just because I love watching you perform. And I love hearing, like, your jokes because you have such a unique perspective. Because, like, there are so many 24-year-old, you know, kids in Brooklyn who are, like, 
unemployed that are doing stand up comedy. And I'm like, I just don't give a fuck what these people have to say. (laughs) (laughs) You come with the truth. Come with the truth. Yeah. And like, there's not a lot of people, at least, you know, in the scene, in the stand up scene that I've witnessed anyway, that are coming with the perspective that you have, which is one, like your neat your unique upbringing experience, which you talk about like in your set, but also like this thing of like, yeah, I have like all these uh, higher education degrees. Like I have a master's degree and all this. And like, I still have a fucking job, but it, you also are one of the funniest people on stage at any show that you're on. So. Oh, thank you. I mean, I don't want to work. Angela. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait, so, um, so you quit your job right at the beginning of 2020. Yeah, I quit my job uh, at the beginning of 2020. Well, I guess right not not okay. That makes it sound no. You know what? I'm lying because I quit in May. That's not right at the beginning, right? That's like May, right? That's not that. Oh, okay, so we were done. The we were already like fully pandemic at that point. Oh, we were. I quit my job not knowing whether I would ever be able to get another job, and that's partially why I quit because I was secretly hoping that I would start looking and nothing would happen for me. <laughs> you're forced into having to be an artist (laughs) yeah and honestly i i kind of i dug it you know we don't realize that we're in prison until we're free and your job is yeah straight up right i mean that was one of the things like when i work that that job that i quit when i had that like epiphany like i i was uh that was the last salaried employee job that i ever have everything else after that has been like a day rate or like a freelance thing or or like hourly or whatever but the salaried job where I was working like 90 hours a week and I did the math and like divided my salary as and it was like my hourly ended up being less than minimum wage. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, fuck. I'm like, I'm not even making minimum what? wage. <laughs> but it, it, I think you just got like prioritize. No. And it's like it's not. And like, were you saving children? No, I was literally mm-hmm. working in a, in uh, business analytics conferences and in events. <laughs> oh damn so like just like straight up getting the money just to get the money when you don't really even want it because you're like working 90 hours yep yep but like that's the thing I feel like for me it was about freeing up the space in my brain to like think about other things like creative things that I wanted to do was that what like what it was like for you in May when you were finally like fuck it I'm I'm out tired. Like you're like, do I even know how to write a sentence? Like I've spent all my energy writing these shitty ass emails. I have nothing left. I have nothing <laughs> left. I just, just like copy and paste my. Maybe I should like write my emails in a way that it's like plot driven and like use those. <laughs> uh, every email you write is just another page of your pilot, and people are like, "What? What?" You like send it to yourself. You're like just acting like you're like working at work. You're just like writing a whole story. Oh my god, yeah. Um, don't tell that job that I quit, but that's literally what I did in the last couple of weeks that I worked there. I just worked on the <laughs> script that I was writing, and I like wrote it in like uh like I think I wrote it in base camp or something, so it mm-hmm. looked like I was doing work. I don't know. <laughs> um, like, I, I'm a fucking psychopath. But, like, I love that. <laughs> Has, so when you were like first, right when you were like starting to do mics and stuff and you were starting to like get into stand up, like, mm-hmm. w- was there any like really shitty advice that you followed that you later realized like, oh man, I should have never wasted my time on this? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like the one thing was definitely like the, um, 
what do you call those shows where you have to bringers? Oh my bringers. god! Yeah. Oh boy! I so I was in DC and I used to do these bringers and like my family because they're so supportive they would come. But I was just like, oh, because like all the money they take all the money. It's like capitalism at its worst because you don't get a penny, but you're like literally doing all the work. You're bringing them the audience. That was like mm-hmm. real shit. I wish I wouldn't have found that piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm just trying to think when I first started. Um, I actually you know what? I was kind of lucky when I first started because I started in D.C. Mm-hmm. And the, the rooms that I was uh, the, other than the bringer shows that I was doing, the other rooms that I, I was in, like they were like uh, the people who were in those rooms were like really supportive and nice. But one mm-hmm. piece of advice that I was not told, Angela, that I wish I would have been told is that you should get to know people and socialize because I don't socialize. I don't mm-hmm. talk to people. They would just like be as good as you ca- can and your jokes will speak for themselves. No, they won't. You have to talk to people. You have to socialize. You have to know people. Yeah. So that's one piece of advice I would say that is out, out of garbage. They're like, work on your five minutes. And if you're great, everybody will come. It's no. People no. People will book their friends. People like want to hang out with people who talk. They don't want to hang out with some loser who doesn't like try to like you know what i mean like have a conversation with them i don't know it's they don't see that connections matter the most yeah i mean that's the thing but that's one of the things that's really frustrating too like on the opposite side of that coin is like a lot of the time like i also am like not a super social butterfly like mm-hmm. i i am in sometimes like some ways in some some cases but like i i also am like really intimidated by big groups so like mm-hmm. Not when I'm on stage, weirdly, when I have a microphone and I'm in charge and I'm on stage, I'm fine. But like if I'm just like uh, another nerd on the dance floor, I have a hard time talking to people sometimes. Mm -hmm. But like then like, yeah, if you're not the person who goes to every party and like hangs out after every show, you you often don't get booked as much. And it's not because your material is worse. And it's really frustrating because like it sometimes it seems like the social aspect is valued so much more than the material yeah sometimes it feels like that a lot and like i'll notice like people who are like more friendly with people like they get on more stuff and then once like at first you think that oh it doesn't matter but that does matter like that's what determines Mm -hmm. like how many people know about you and that determines on like how far your career goes and it's like Mm -hmm. honestly like i just feel like we were lied to in school when they said all you have to do is make good grades and you'll do well they should have been like if you don't have any friends you're getting an f (laughs) Yeah, honestly, like you need to do every club. You need to like make all the friends and then like grades come last. Bitch. Yeah, 100 percent. It's like if you're smart, but you can't have a conversation, I guess you're just going to flunk out of high school. Because let me tell you something. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe there is. I just don't believe that there's a meritocracy. So like that's part of where I'm coming from, too, I guess. Yeah, I think I think it's like I think it, it's part of it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's it's fully like there are I think there's got to be like a certain level that you see. Oh, I don't know, because now I'm like second guessing what I'm about to say. But I was going to I was about to say, like, <laughs> I think like if someone is totally talentless, mm-hmm. eventually they everyone will notice and it it won't matter that they're just around all the time. But I actually now that I think about it, that's. <laughs> That's not the case because there's plenty of like totally talentless people who have a very successful careers just because they are fun to hang out with. <laughs> you were like, um, I'm going to say this because it sounds like it makes it like it's the right thing because that's what I was thinking too. I was thinking like, yeah. if you really suck, 
if you really, really suck, then you're not going to get shit. But then it's like, that's not true. But then, (laughs) (laughs) but there's this also this other part of it where it's like, it depends on who you are for you to like suck. Like if you're a black woman, like you have, like you have to be like, I don't like, I don't care. I don't care who you know. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. No one's letting you suck. I don't know. I'm trying to think about it. I don't know if I'm going to change my mind on this. Like, I just think it depends. Like, if you're a white dude, I think the likelihood of you sucking and making it somewhere is much, <laughs> much hot. Like, you know, is much higher yeah. than, like, you, for example, or even me. Like, I just feel like if we mm-hmm. sucked, it would be a lot harder for us to go anywhere. If that makes sense. I just think it depends on who you are. And also, I mean, how- yeah, mediocre white people are getting way too too many spots on shows. <laughs> Let's just be real. <laughs> um and you know myself included sometimes i think but like <laughs> like it it you're so right meritocracy doesn't exist for some people and it does exist for others yeah like for certain it's like the, the reason why i think that meritocracy doesn't exist is because everybody else people who actually make it like let's say for example with harvard for example there's this like this affirmative mm-hmm. case case uh, affirmative action this case like if i guess affirmative action and everybody's targeting well they're letting in black people black kids but nobody's talking mm-hmm. about how like most of the applicants who get in that are white are not there based on merit it's because they're yeah. rowing or they're rich like um, like for like a huge number but no one talks about that because i think that if you're like white it's okay for you to like not have merit but then everybody else is like well why are they here because it's just assumed that like Mm-hmm. you're there because of like affirmative act. well like you know what i mean like you're there to be like yeah. a token and then because of that you have to even prove to be better because people just assume that and then it's like mm-hmm. but nobody checks the fact that like everybody all the other white people are just getting in scot-free nobody's like oh wait those people are not that great i don't know if this is gonna get me in trouble but whatever it's what i said it's fucking true though <laughs> like <laughs> it, 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 well it's because if 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 those people start asking wait why are all the white people getting in actually uh not all but like a good chunk of them don't deserve this and it's just because their dad was somebody if they start asking those questions they're gonna realize that everything they got in their life was because they didn't deserve it but their dad was somebody exactly 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 that's exactly because then they have to start questioning like what about me? And like, what mm-hmm. about like, yeah, no, it's so true. And that's like, when you bring up privilege, people are like, no, not me. I did it all by myself. And it's like, we mm, kind of didn't. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> but then because no one, no one, like, I will all admit, like, yeah, I'm a black woman. And like, yeah, things are harder for me. But I also have the privilege that I came from like, a better off family. I have the privilege that I can quit my job and live in a nice apartment. And I don't have to like, necessarily work. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can say that, like, Mm-hmm. That's a privilege that I have that a lot of people don't have. And so you'll never hear me jokes about like, ooh, life is so hard. I'm poor because I'm not. So I can't say that. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. like be real with where you're at and like accept yeah. the fact that like having access to certain things makes your life much better. Do you know what I mean? It's like. Absolutely. I mean, it. it's totally relative too. like yeah. there's all different ways that like. There's all different types of privilege, you know, some people like and I feel like people get confused about that sometimes where it's like a white person who grew up dirt poor is like, well, I don't have any privilege. It's like, well, you you might not have monetary privilege, but you do have like a lot of other privilege just because you look like you. Yeah. 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 No, that's so true. Like, I'll never forget the story that my husband and I were walking on in Queens and he walked into like this, like this apartment, like it was a brand new, like luxury apartment complex. 
walks in dirty as fuck. And the doorman, like this guy who's sitting behind the desk, just like stands up and is like, how may I help you, sir? I was like, what in the fuck? And then he was like, Wait, can I use the bathroom? Real quick, why was he dirty as fuck? We were walking around all day. Oh, we, we, okay. were trying to, we were trying to like, uh, we were trying to find an apartment here. Oh, I was imagining he was literally covered in mud or something. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Playing baseball. Like, just yeah. like, fell out. Like, he's like, I'm just going to walk in. He just wanted to use the bathroom and they let him. Oh, my God. It's so insane, Angela. The same things that I've seen my husband do. I'm like, how do you even do that? <laughs> It is. It's crazy. Like uh, people are living in such different worlds and bubbles. I mean, we talk about this with like everything bad in the world, but also you could talk about it when it's like coming to the entertainment industry or to stand up. It's like uh, everyone, even though you're on the same shows and you're in the same comedy community, everyone has a different experience because like just just based on who they are. And it's so that's why I like li- like having these types of conversations and why I was excited to talk to you and all the other people I'm talking to on this podcast is because like it's like a little bit of perspective in like I know the things that I was told that I had to do when I was starting out. And, you know, I know that now I know I learned that a lot of that was bullshit and some uh-huh. of it worked or whatever. But like, did everyone get told that same stuff or like. Were you being told a totally different set of rules? <laughs> yeah, no, that's such a good point. Because like, I just remember with stand up, like when I first started and honestly with stand up, I, I haven't like, to be quite honest, maybe it's because I'm not super social. I haven't gotten like a ton of advice from people. Well, I have now that I've started like making friends with people like you and Tracy and like a friend mm-hmm. Andrea, like especially Andrea Coleman. She's like really helpful for me. Like she's such a good resource and she'll tell me stuff. And I trust oh, yeah, her. I love her. Yeah, I trust her because she's a black woman who's like also very honest. So I feel like if your friends are telling you stuff, it's like true. But then whenever you hear stuff from industry people, like, I don't know how true that is. Like when you're Mm -hmm. told, like, I think for example, like you have to work your way from like PA to director and they're like, that's how everybody has to do it. No, it's not. I've seen people. I know people who have not done that and they have careers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. And one of the things too, though, that like, it just goes back to the whole meritocracy thing. And I'm so glad you brought that up because like, I know, like we all know, like the person who just started directing and never worked their way up through the ranks, mm-hmm. they don't know, like they have significantly less, like they less experience and you mm-hmm. can tell, mm-hmm. you can fucking tell mm-hmm. even the same thing with like comedians on stage. Like if someone just is really popular, but like, Mm-hmm. It's you know isn't actually very funny or hasn't put in the years on the open mics and everything you can tell mm-hmm. when you get on a show with like a bunch of other people who have been doing it for like a decade mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter sometimes because it matters all that matters is that what who that person knows or the connections that they have or like what people mm-hmm. view them as you know what i mean it's yeah. like yeah but then it's like also the people who are just like really really funny and like i get frustrated because i'm like why haven't they made it yet like you know what i mean like why yeah. is that why is that happening and then it's like yeah it's because we're talking about that was used to bug me i'm not gonna name names so there's some people who are like so funny and i'm like wait how are you not famous like how do you like how are you not famous like i don't understand yeah. so weird it, it's so it goes both ways because there's, yeah, so many people, so many friends of mine, people that I've had on the shows that I've done. And I'm just like, this person is so good. It's how if they don't have like a Netflix special. Exactly. It, you know, <laughs> I was just talking to Tracy um, a little while ago and she was telling me um, that like, uh, 
who was it? Nicole Dressel, who is like a television writer and she uh, used to be an improv teacher at UCB, mm-hmm. like told her once that like she was just, just Tracy was like really frustrated or something. And Nicole was like, things just don't happen at the same rate for people like us. Damn. And I was like, oh, and that, that I was just like, OK, that I'm paraphrasing and I probably got that wrong. But like that sort of mentality of like everyone's on their own timeline. Uh, gives me hope. Yeah. And I like try to remind myself of that when I am getting like bummed out about like, oh, like, oh, this person is so funny. Why aren't they famous or like frustrated with myself? I'm like, man, why can't I book like all these things I want to book or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no. I have to a hundred percent get that. Like, why can't I book all those things that I want to book? Like, and then like the thing that gets me is that when I see somebody who's, who I think is so much better than me and they're not famous and I'm like, okay, so why am I bothering? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Or not even yeah. famous. Like, let's take away the word famous. I really don't care about fame as much as like when I say fame, I mean like they're not doing what they want to do and getting like being able to do it like as a thing that they do. Right. Like not being able yeah. to like practice it. Like, so take away. the yeah. I'm just talking about like, in terms of like being successful, like not even successful because you could be successful and not make money, but like being able to make a living from their art, which is what they want to do. I guess, depending on your goals. I see that mm-hmm. when I see somebody who's funnier than me, they're not being able to make a living out of their art. I'm like, okay, I should quit. Right. Like, what am I, mm-hmm. who the fuck am I? Do you ever feel like that sometimes? I don't know. Like, it's like, I, I feel that way so often, but also the, the opposite of that, like the flip side of that, that I realized this year mm-hmm. was that I So I like on Twitter, I don't have that many followers. I have like 2000 followers or something like that. And I am friends with a lot of people on there that like I am actually friends with in real life. And they have a bunch of followers because Mm -hmm. they are either like mini Internet famous or Mm -hmm. they write for television or whatever. People with like 100,000 followers or so. Mm -hmm. And there have been multiple times this year where like I'll tweet a joke. And then later, like a couple of hours later, someone that I know will tweet that same joke and it's not, I think sometimes it's intentional. And sometimes I think that it's just like low hanging fruit. It's like, it's like jokes that are not that original, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I I don't feel like that bad when that happens, but then I see that tweet from them blow up and and I'm like, okay, so it's not that I'm not funny. Yeah. It's that I, don't have a hundred thousand people seeing my material. I only have two thousand people. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I have like two hundred followers on Twitter. I'm so terrible. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, when you talk about two thousand, I'm like, hmm, that sounds really nice. Um, but that's why people take um screenshots of their uh fo- of their tweets and put them on Instagram because they want to get that. Like, I want to know, like, does this work? Because I use Twitter sometimes to workshop. Like, should I mm-hmm. do this bit or not? And then it's yeah. like, I just like realize it's not very reliable. But yeah, that's the thing you're saying. Yeah. Like somebody who's like has a, a million followers could po- could just post, I woke up and like it'll go viral. Like, you know, it's like. Yeah. That's the thing. Like it's and that is sometimes you see this like jokes and I'm like, oh, this person is like the head writer for this show. And like I tweeted this same joke three hours ago, but theirs is going viral. And it's like, yeah. So it's the same joke. But it's just because there's so many more people looking at it. Yeah. When your voice is not amplified, nobody can hear you. Yeah. And that's one of the like the the, the most frustrating things about about like uh, 
even like this pandemic, I feel like and not being able to do shows, it's mm. like you can't even get out there Mm-mm. outside of your bubble unless I don't even know how you do it. Like on Zoom and <laughs> yeah, it's like Everything. Zoom. it's Zoom. It's been rough. Like some people are doing outdoor shows, but Zoom's like it's just rough because like, you know how it is. You get used to the life. You're like you every night you're going out, you're doing you're doing you're whatever you're doing stand up, you're out, you're out. And then all of a sudden it's over. Like mm-hmm. that's, that was rough. And that's the other thing when you go back, when you were just to go back to what you're talking about in your podcast, like all the things that you were told you're supposed to do. Like one of the things that we're told we're supposed to do is like hustle, hustle, hustle all the time, hustle, hustle, hustle. And then now there's no venues for hustling. Like, what do you, like, what do you do? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Hustle my ass to the fridge and make a snack. <laughs> make me a nice sandwich. I'm going to hustle yeah. my way to that bar and make myself a nice drink. What? <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's such a culture shift as far as like I was never home and I was always doing five million things. And Mm -hmm. then when everything suddenly shut down, literally there was like a month where I just like sat, like just sat and was like, what What do I do? (laughs) You're like, oh, what am I usually doing? And then you're like, oh, I'm never here. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's crazy. That's rough. It was it it was rough. Yeah. But so like as you've like made your way through the motions of like, you know, the last few years and like just becoming more and more ingrained in like stand up and performing all the time and like getting that hustle going, you know, up until (laughs) March of this year. um, Like. Did you like were there any like um, unforeseen outcomes of like, you know, bad advice? So like, you you know, the bringers are shitty, but what did you get anything out of that or was it a total waste? Um, The bringers were shitty. um, Wasn't like I would say I'm trying to think of it. I'll answer this and then I want to give you something else. Um, The bringers were shitty, um, but I. I made, I don't know. It just gave me this falsehood idea of like, whenever you go to a show, it's going to be like packed. Like you're going to be performing in front of all these people, which is like, Mm -hmm. I guess it's whatever. I don't really care. I'll perform to cheers before I'll fucking do it. As long as I'm telling jokes. (laughs) Uh, The other thing that I just like read a read a lot about is like, you got to tweet every day. You got to Instagram every day. You got to. And then I just like ended up like, uh, like burning out like mentally because it was too much like i was mm-hmm. just th- like that was the advice like the, the the social media advice i think and i know it's important but it's just that like it's not good for everybody's mental health you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that for me was like the one thing that i wish that i would have just like taken a step back from it and like okay you have to post videos on instagram you have to post tweets, like maybe just like, I mean, I don't tweet as much, but Instagram. And I was like, okay, maybe you don't have to do this anymore. You can step away and it's going to be okay. Um, yeah. And then also when I was told like the opposite at the beginning, I was, I wasn't told to network and then I was told to network. And so then I just started talking to people and then it just like, it started feeling really shitty because I was like, I'm talking to people who no offense, I'm not interested in. <laughs> I mean, I won't take offense. Don't worry. No, you're um, not one of those people. I'm obviously. I'm just like, what? No, no. It's just like, I would like, oh, oh yeah. And then like, oh, the whole thing about getting stage time, it doesn't matter where. Oh God, don't do that. Um, yeah. Because there's some places that are toxic and you should stay out of. And I did that. I would go to like rooms that are not good and it was bad mm-hmm. for me. Um, so yeah. I'm just like giving you a laundry list. I'm trying no, to think. I, um, I feel you. Like the, the toxic places thing is so true. Like I would 
go to these mics when I first started doing stand up and I would listen to like two and a half hours of like 50 year old men tell jokes about how they wanted to like throw their girlfriend down the stairs. Oh, and I would just be like, why am I like, I'm going to sit here and listen to this for two and a half hours so I can do three minutes (laughs) and not get any laughs because all of these 50 year old men have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. and They're not my demographic. And Exactly. Then I'm going to go home. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But that's what they say. They're like, oh, oh. And then, oh, this one is a funny thing. Comedy is universal. If it's if it's funny, everybody's going to laugh. And it's like, no, it's not. Humor is mm-hmm. absolutely not universal. As explained by what you were saying, like when you go to those rooms, like you'll hear people laughing at that shit. You're not laughing. It's terrible. You leave. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. like I've performed in spaces where like clearly it's not my demographic and like not to blame bombing on like an audience because I own all my bombs. I sucked. I was bad. It was on me. But like there's sometimes mm-hmm. where it's just like not it's not your have you been told have you heard people saying like I've heard like humor is like objective and you should just I don't know. I've heard people say that. That's like, well, if you're not funny, you're not funny. And it's like, yes, for certain things. Mm-hmm. But like I think like the type of comedy that you do, like your your set and like also, I feel like I have a similar like approach, like where I talk about my life mm-hmm. and I talk about like my experiences and stuff and get ideas from that. Like if if someone is it's not necessarily that people can't relate because you mm-hmm. can always make it relatable. But if they're like anti like your whole vibe, then they're just going to sit there and be like a curmudgeon and just be like, mm, and not laugh. Like, <laughs> like yeah. you can tell, you can tell a story that's so relatable, but if that person just has decided that they don't like you from the moment that you open your mouth, you can't do anything to change that. No, you cannot. You cannot. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, you were, I feel like sometimes I wear like, if you've done poorly or whatever, like you just own it. But the one mm-hmm. thing that I will say is the $500 headshots that I took those. Cause I was told when I was taking my acting classes, you have to have headshots. You Mm -hmm. and then I just went and got one and spent five hundred dollars. Why did I do that? Yeah. And now you have that forever. And it's very important to your acting career when you are auditioning for commercials that you do all the time. And (laughs) it was so worth it. I'm out here just like, yeah, doing constantly. Like I'm just like uh, during this whole pandemic, Angela, what I failed to mention is that I've been sending (laughs) self tapes to everybody. Like literally I've had like calls every day i'm just like doing self-tapes all the time she's just booked as booked can be as bo- <laughs> and it's all because of those headshots <laughs> that's the only reason is those beautiful headshots <laughs> yeah those headshots got me where i know no one's i'm not doing i'm not doing self-tapes i'm not acting <laughs> i think like one of the things that is uh a really important lesson that i learned i don't know if you agree is like you can't be all things to everyone mm-hmm. like like not everyone's gonna like what you're bringing to the table and that's mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. but there are some people that will and you just have to find those people and honestly fuck the ones who don't don't waste <laughs> your time trying to convince them otherwise <laughs> oh my god i'm 100 percent with you it's like i'm all about like just like find your own people and like you'll be okay with that i always said this and i know it's crazy it's like I feel like I'm finding my own people in comedy and that has made comedy so much more fun for me. And I've gone to the point where I'm like so content that I'm like, if somebody can just guarantee me like every night of my life for the rest of my life, I can go perform to two times, three times a night to an audience of at least 20 people. I think I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Cause, cause I, I miss, I, I did, I used to do that. And like, I just like miss it so much. It's like, sure. It's like night. Yeah. Of course the stadium would be great, but who really gets to do that? But like at the same time, it's just like when you find your people and then you find the thing that you love, you realize that honestly, like all that matters. And like, sure. Like we all want to do well. and like, I guess make it however. Yeah. But that making it means different things to different people. I think. That's so true. I mean, like one of the things I think about a lot is how you have to define your own definition of success. Mm -hmm. And I know like when I was like telling you about this podcast, I'm pretty sure I'd use the word success a lot. Mm -hmm. But I think what I failed to do was define like my personal idea of success. I like, can you make enough money focusing on your art to just have a life that is comfortable and you don't have to worry about, you know, Mm -hmm. having a second job and you can pay your rent and have plenty of food and you can be happy, you know, like that to me is like successful. Like you have successfully provided for yourself. (laughs) No, I, that's where I'm at. Honestly, you Mm -hmm. describe success in the exact way that I describe it. Like, I just want to be able to not have to do this work that I'm doing now and like actually be able Mm -hmm. to do work with my art. Like, you know, if we lived in a society where everybody was guaranteed like healthcare and food and clothing without having to work, that wouldn't be doing this shit. Are you kidding me? I'd be doing stand up all the time. Like I, I would be writing from day at beginning to like, you know, from nine to five, like, you know what I mean? So at yeah. the end of the day, it's like the only way out of like doing the shit that you don't want to do is like, you got kind of like trying to find a way to make, you know, money yeah. from your art. I mean, I think, too, that that kind of idea goes back to the whole thing of like all the random bullshit people tell you that you need to do. It's like that. But those things aren't the thing Mm -mm. like those things are just like the the fucking admin it's like mm-hmm. the the administrative work. <laughs> <laughs> the work that nobody wants to fucking do. Yeah. Do the expenses and like <laughs> all that, like sign the paper. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like just like red tape yeah. shit. Yeah. No, no. And then it doesn't like some of the times it's like it's not even guaranteed to work as because as, we were talking about it as we were saying earlier. It's like it depends on who you are. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and where you're from. And like, if you come from like a wealthy family, like you're going to be fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to be fine. Like you don't need, I don't know. Things are going to yeah. be different for you. Cause if you're like from a, let's say like, for example, your parents are like millionaires are like very, I'm not talking like extremely wealthy. You're mm-hmm. going to be fine. They're going to find connections for you. You don't have to like have a day job. Like you're going to be okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, like, and then you can spend all your time writing and making the perfect stand-up set. And meanwhile, you might be on a show with someone who has a full-time day job who then has to, in between that, have a whole second job that is being a comedian. <laughs> yeah! Oh my God, it's crazy. Sometimes, you know, I think about it and I'm like, oh, fuck, I really must <laughs> like this. <laughs> you, I mean, yeah, God bless. <laughs> It yeah, it is the thing too. Like I uh do a lot of different things. Like I do production and I also do stand up and I write comedy mm-hmm. and all these different things. And I end up working so much more than I did back when I had that like salary job where I was working 90 hour weeks. But I will probably work about the same. Mm-hmm. I probably but it's it's still a lot, but I just like it so much more. And also it's like all up to my own sort of like I put in, I get out what I put in. You know exactly. What I mean? Yeah. No. Yeah. You. One hundred percent. You get out what you put in. And do it's you like, feel that way? 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like in terms of like when I was in, when I was like, let's say my little break from work, when I was like work, when I was writing all the time, yeah, I was, I feel like I was getting back what I was putting in versus like, Mm -hmm. and we live in a capitalist society. So you're not paid your worth. So let's start there. Anyway, that's another conversation (laughs) for another time. Cause you know me, but, um, no, I agree with you on that a hundred percent. I, when I was doing, when I was writing and I wasn't going to work, I was probably spending more time working on my creative stuff, but Mm -hmm. I felt like what I got out of it was like, I felt good. I was happy. Like my mental health was like fucking amazing, you know, Mm -hmm. which to me is another, um, metric for success is like being mentally healthy and being mentally well, like, Mm -hmm. and honestly, a nine to five is not good for me. Like, you know what I mean? But I do it because it's like, do I have to? No, but I, I don't, I also like have this like problem of like, just like depending on people to take care of me. As I was saying, yeah, yeah, I didn't have work and I wasn't worried about it because I was lucky that like my husband has like a decent job, but like, are we wealthy? No, but it's, it's, that's why I work is because like, Mm -hmm. I want to be able to like save and like do other stuff, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. That was a convoluted way of me just saying that like, yeah, working is not good for my health, mental health. (laughs) Um, it's not, and it's proven not to be like, I've had mental breakdowns. I think that's what's gotten like most of the jobs that I've had to leave has been because of that. So it's like been like, yeah. so like doing my art. Yeah. I get more out of it, as you said, just cause it's like good for me and I feel yeah. good and I'm happy and you know, sorry. Yeah. That was a rant, no, nonetheless. totally makes sense. It just speaks to the idea that like, this is what you're supposed to be doing, but like, the nine to five job is like what you kind of feel like you have to be doing or or whatever. But like the thing that makes you feel good and healthy and like happy is, is the thing that, you know, is the kind of like, that's where you should be putting your energy if you can. And you do, you put like so much of your energy, even though you're also splitting your time with like the, the full-time job. I try to, I try to, you do still, I wish I could be like you. You're like, I just, you know, I'm just a creative. I love that. You just like do all this stuff. It's so impressive. I, yeah, I do a lot of, (laughs) I do a lot of bullshit that I don't like too. I like, it's all (laughs) video stuff, but most of it's very boring, uh, (laughs) branded content. Uh, (laughs) Not that that's bad. Please keep paying me to do printed content. I needed. I was unemployed for most of this year. So (laughs) (laughs) you're like, please keep the money coming. But as you were saying, but like, wouldn't you rather like use like your talents of like being a like being able to be a good director and like videographer? Wouldn't you rather use that than like being at a marketing firm? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's levels. I always say that like I've had my. Well, the, the funny thing is, too, because I do direct a lot of branded content and mm-hmm. that is marketing. So, like, mm-hmm. I never really got out. Oh, um, shit, you're <laughs> right. Oh, my God. This is all, oh, this just came around. Oh, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Oh, shit. It's just a different way. Oh, my God. But no, it's slightly, smart. it's slightly more creative. So, yeah. the, it you know, I'll, beggars can't be choosers. Beggars, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess just to, to sort of wrap it up, like, what are you doing this year to keep yourself feeling like as as fulfilled as you can even though we're not able to do like are you doing zoom shows and park shows or what are you doing i did one park show i don't think i'm gonna do any more of those they're kind of scary um mm-hmm. i was so desperate you know when you're so desperate and like you're an addict and you're like i just gotta get one hit um that's not yeah. terrible don't say that i said that but anyway um yeah um uh, I'm not doing those. I'm trying to do more Zoom shows. Oh, and I'm also writing. I finished my first pilot. Um, That's great. I had had Matt Matt Starr, like, look at it and, like, give me some notes. Shout out to Matt Starr. If you have a pilot. Matt Starr is the best. I wrote a pilot with him as well a couple years ago. So, yeah, Uh he's great. So, if you want feedback and... (laughs) 
Just worry and about this us. Is a, this podcast is sponsored by Matt Starr's <laughs> Pilot Writing Workshop. Um, it is. It is. It is. Um, no, no, he was great and it was really helpful. So yeah, I finished working on that pilot. Um, it was like, I'm only on my third draft though. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try to like hopefully get that out soon. Um, then do like some rewrite on my spec. Um, I'm pretty much trying to like get ready to like submit to all these fellowships that are coming next year. Yeah. Smart. So, yeah. So that's where I'm at in terms of I that. Mean, I, I totally respect that. That's sort of like you're like you're using your time to um, like there's a little bit more free time because you're not running around doing a million shows. So you ha- like you're getting ready for when it does come back or when you can submit to things. Yeah, no, 100 percent. Is it OK if I ask you that question? <laughs> oh, yeah, that? you can ask me a question. Yeah, I mean, I um, I've started a podcast. I don't know. You're currently on it. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> um, I. Well, I, so my standups, I haven't, I've done like three or four sets since February. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. have not done any park shows. I've done a couple of Zoom shows and Instagram live shows. Most of mm-hmm. them, I just, I, I get really bummed out when I can't hear audience feedback. So, mm-hmm. so much of my standup is like has audience mm-hmm. interaction that I just feel like it's so draining to just scream at a a zoom like it's just not fun i feel like so <laughs> i um <laughs> so Sorry, i've been I'm writing gonna interrupt you for like i'm just gonna yeah. interrupt you for two seconds when you said scream at a zoom i imagined you screaming while staring at these people why aren't you laughing sorry that's all i imagine but please continue right that's my <laughs> internal my internal monologue is that like why aren't you laughing it's like they're all frozen because my internet's terrible um yeah. Or they're on mute, so you can't hear them. And they're like, we were actually laughing. Don't be mean. Anyway. One one Zoom show that I did, that was the best one I did because I uh, made my girlfriend sit in the room while I did it. And I made her (laughs) laugh at my show. Ah, I love it. That's why you need a partner. Force them (laughs) to come to your Zoom show. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, I've been writing. I uh, finished a pilot that I had started like before the pandemic. And then I got bored with it but I took it back out and finished it and then I am developing another one right now and also oh I'm I'm writing for I got a like an actual writing job that is very part-time but I'm just <gasps> like r- writing some scripts for uh A&E's YouTube channel <laughs> I'm so that's sorry I'm just yeah. writing scripts for A&E's YouTube channel and I'm just like that's it yeah, but it's it's literally 10 hours a week. So it's cool. And and I'm very excited about it. But it's like not, you know, I'm still doing a lot of other things. Because <laughs> you, have like, you have like, how many jobs? Okay. Okay. Angela. I have like five jobs. I'm also producing a bunch of brand new content and I just directed a commercial. <laughs> I do a lot of shit. <laughs> I have like 50 jobs. Um, but you know, that's you know what that goes to show you that really it matters if you like the shit or not, because it sounds mm-hmm. like you're working just as much as you said, if not more than that job that you loved. But it's like you can tolerate it because. Yeah, 100 percent. That's the thing. Like, truly, it's I mean, also, there are some most of this year, like from March until June, I had nothing going on because yeah. everything just like went away. But 
uh, honestly, I'm probably doing so much right now because I'm truly like, I got to get it in while I can because it could go away at any moment. And like, who knows what's going to happen with the world? So, like, <laughs> No, you're right. Yeah, just get it. Like like Kevin Hart. I feel like he just like gets everything. He's like, I'm just going to do 50 movies this year and I'm going to do 10. Like, you know what I mean? 10, 10 tours because it's like mm-hmm. you don't know when the when it's going to end. You don't know when it's yeah. going to stop coming in. I want to retire early, baby, and I won't ever be able to do that. But um, I also don't know when, like, for example, the entire world will shut down at a moment's notice because that happened before. Oh, my (laughs) God. How much like instability that. Yeah, that's the thing is like that introduces so much instability to your life, though, too, because it's like Mm -hmm. you don't know when shit's going to get fucked up and then you're screwed. I don't know. This life. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it here. (laughs) I hate it here. Can I leave? (laughs) (laughs) I hate it here. It's so bad. And then you realize that the government doesn't give a fuck about you. That's like the thing. I mean, I always Mm -hmm. knew it, but just like seeing it in real life was like, fuck. Yeah, they don't give a actually it's not that they don't give a fuck. It's like they actively do not like us and are actively doing things to make things worse. Yeah, no, actually, no, you're right. It's the opposite. It's they actually hate us. (laughs) Wouldn't it be better if they just didn't give a fuck? No, they actually hate us and they're actively hurting us, which is true. They are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh. isn't life wonderful? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't know. You know what? One day this whole thing, hopefully, um. We'll get better. I don't, I don't, I'm saying that like I have no hope. I don't know. I know. Like, well, at least, at least hopefully there will come a day again where we can do shows in person and we'll be so good. Oh <laughs> man. Yeah. No. It, yeah. I'm like, I can wait when I see all my stand up friends, I mean, I'm just going to jump on you and hopefully you are not, you're going to be able to lift me because I have like gained all this quarantine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I've also gained a ton of quarantine uh, weight that will just pad your landing for you, and it will be you know, a nice soft. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, thank you so much for talking with me for this. Like, this conversation has been honestly so energetic and such a delight, and I didn't realize how much I missed having conversations with you until we hopped on here. Oh, I I really enjoyed it too, Angela. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, It was real fun. Yeah, totally. Um, So is there anything that you want to plug or promote or where people can find you or something like that? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at M-A-J-U-A underscore 88. Oh my God, there's no underscore. I don't know what my Instagram is because I'm so bad at knowing what my <laughs> handles are. It's M-A-J-U-A 88. Um, I do a little show online called Feel the News. Sometimes it really goes on. But if you want to feel the news with me, it's also at Feel the News. You can find me there. And I also write humor pieces for Slackjaw, which is on Medium. So yeah, multiple Yeah. Pieces. She's see you're all over the place. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. All right. Thank you so much, Marcella, for joining me on the pod. This was a super great conversation. I mean, fuck. I'm just still kind of reeling after listening back to that. <laughs> please follow Marcella on social media. I'll put her handles in the show notes. And please like and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. I would really appreciate it. We have more episodes coming, and I can't wait for you to hear them. Until next week, I'll see you when I see you. (laughs) Bye.